Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. How do you pick a gift out for royalty? The child has the child that, that we have been talking about for ages, this child that 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 they had been planning on is finally here. The prophets of old had written about him way back in the book of Numbers, in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, that a star would be seen telling of his coming. A star. Who gets a star for their birthday that is going to shine over their own bed? Who gets a star? And how can anyone top a star for a gift? No amount of money, treasure, gold, or position, or positions in any kind of authority could ever top a star as a gift. I'm so nervous to give and to meet this king. My ancestors have been watching the stars for hundreds of years. We are called the Magi. You may have heard of us. One of us, years before me, his name was Daniel. He lived in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. You maybe you've heard of him. He was a magi too. The magi are the wisest, the most knowledgeable, the men who knew we we follow, we study stars, we we study we we study leadership and 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 all of those things. We we are called upon by kings and those of great to help them make decisions. But today the star that my people have look, been looking for for years has finally come. This star that we have been waiting for and anxiously looking for is finally here. The king. The king that has been written about has come. What should I give him? What will show him the honor and respect he deserves? What will show him how much he means to my family and I? I really don't know. What would you give him? What would you give the king? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, you are such a good God, and we are so excited for what you're doing. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to earth. Jesus, I thank you for volunteering and coming to earth that you might be born as a child and that you might one day then die and become our Savior. Jesus, I thank you for coming and, and for living and for being born in such a humble state and for not looking for notification or any of that, Lord. You came to love and be loved. And Lord, I ask, God, that you would move in our hearts, you'd move in our midst today, that you'd move across the valley. As so many people are searching, they're searching for hope, they're searching for something. Lord, I thank you that there are churches all over the valley that are preaching you today, God. I pray for them. I pray for Relentless and my friend Bryson this morning, and I pray for my friend Cody at Valley Life and, and Mark Moore over at CCV, and Lord, I pray um, for Ray over at, at um, <clears throat> Desert Breeze and Jared over at Desert City. And God, I ask that you would speak to us here at City View. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Have you ever given a gift and it really didn't mean much to you? You know, the intro story, I was, I, I'm trying to, I like to tell stories because I think stories capture our imagination. And can you imagine the story of the Magi, the guys who came? You know, I was thinking about that gift that they brought and how much it meant to them. But I was thinking, have you ever gave a gift that didn't mean much to you? Maybe you picked it out on your way to their house. It's funny, around Valentine's Day, uh, Valentine's Day all, all the carts that are there on the street corners, and I wonder how many dudes go and pick one of those up on their way home. And put no thought, and if you're one of those dudes, no judgment, just a little bit of judgment, but no judgment. And maybe you're like, yeah, that's me. Well, you, you, you didn't put much thought into that. I, there are those times I've done that where it's like, actually, I've never done that. Um, never. <clears throat> um, never done that. But it's okay if you have. I, I, let me, I don't want to make any, if you've done that, it's, it's, it, it's the thought, the last minute thought that mattered. And maybe all the person that, maybe you get them a gift and like, you know what, what do you want, for, what do you want, maybe it's one of your kids or somebody, what do you want for Christmas? I just want a gift card. And you're like, Gift cards are so lame. I just want money. And like my son wants money because he wants to stock up money so that he can get bigger gifts. And he built a computer this year. I'm sure we all have given gifts that in the end really meant nothing. But have you ever given a gift that meant everything? That you were so excited to give? So my question for you this week is, how can you be present with your present this year? How can you be present with the gifts that you're giving this year? I'm sure many of you, you've, you've heard of the story of the wise men, right? The, the, um, you've heard of the Magi? Maybe, maybe you know the song, We Three Kings of Oriental. You've heard that? They weren't kings. Just going to tell you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some things that we've heard about them that aren't true. There were not three. We don't know how many there were. The Bible doesn't tell us. People just make three because it sounds better. It made a great song, We Three Kings. We don't know their names. There was a a time in history during the, the Dark Ages where they gave them names. We don't know their names. We don't know if they ever rode in on camels. More than likely, it was probably a donkey. We make them ride in on camels because camels, if you've ever been to Dream City, also known as um, Phoenix First, we, we see that they rode in on camels on that, and so maybe they rode, we don't know if they rode in on camels. And we do not really know where they came from. All we know is they were from the east. That's what we know about them. We know that they were wise men from the east. We know that they're probably from some region of Persia, Iraq kind of area. We know that they're probably somewhere from there. We know that according to the word that Matthew calls them magi, we know that Daniel also was that type of a wise person. We know those things, but we don't know some of these fun things that we celebrate at Christmas time. We don't know the number. There could have been three. There was more than one, but we don't know how many. They weren't kings. They were wise leaders. But we know that they studied the stars. And so it says there in Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
in the days of Herod the king, that Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. There's what we know about them. Magi, that's what they're called, from the east. That's the area. They came to Jerusalem. And they said there in verse 2, it says, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Matthew sets the scene. Jesus was born, and at this time as they finally come, he's a few days old. He, he might be a few weeks. Uh, he might even be up to two years old at this point. We don't know exactly how old he is. We know that they're, we're, pretty soon here we're going to find out that they're living in a home now, but they're still in Bethlehem. But we also know that Nebuchadnezzar, or not Nebuchadnezzar, that Herod is going to send out a decree killing every baby boy in that region two years and younger. So we know that he's somewhere in there, and he's called a child. Those are the things we know about Jesus at this moment. And so Matthew sort of sets the stage, and, and, and Jesus, they, they walk in, and, and while they, they come to this town, it seems as though they followed the star, and they followed the star to Bethlehem, and they knew to go to Bethlehem because in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says this, and they, they knew the prophecies, and they knew what was going to happen. They studied scriptures, and they studied other things, so they knew this was said in Micah 5, 2. It says, but as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. He is going forth. Uh, he is going forth. He, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. They knew that. So they followed the star to Bethlehem, but it seems that at some point in this following, the star stops leading them. Okay? They get to Bethlehem. They're excited. We don't know. And I, I went to the, the Dream City thing, um, the, their big Christmas celebration. I went to that on Thursday night. And I'm watching the, the Magi come in. <clears throat> they called them kings, and I was like, eh. Um, but I, they, I watched <coughs> the Magi come in, and they had an entourage in front of them. And I'll bet I, said, I thought, that's probably very true. Because they probably did have this entourage. And so if you can imagine these very royal, very fancy men coming into your town. Like, you know, when the president comes in town, freeways close. There is like, you wonder, what is going on right now? And you see all these black vehicles driving. And so if you can picture this coming to your town. And they say, where is he? And everybody else says, who? Nobody even thought that the Messiah or the Savior was even coming. Nobody expected it. Nobody was living with expectation in their heart. They were busy with their life. They were busy with their day-to-day. -day. It's Christmas time. It's all those things. They're busy with the holidays. They're busy with all of that. They didn't even notice that there was a new star in the sky. They didn't notice that there was something different happening. So these guys come into town, and they come with, excuse me, with expectation. I asked you this this morning. Are you living with expectation this morning for what Jesus is going to do? Or are you just living every day like it's a normal day? 
Because these guys walk into town and they are excited. Where is he? Where's the Messiah? Where's the Savior? We see his star. Where is this guy? Where is Jesus? The one to be born. They're, they're asking everybody. They're going around the town. Hey, where's Jesus? Hey, where's the Messiah? Hey, where's the, where's the baby that's supposed to be born in Bethlehem? Every, they're asking everybody. And everybody says, who are you talking about? What do you, what, I don't, we don't get it. What, do you, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? We have not heard of a baby. The king didn't have a baby. Herod didn't have a baby. You see, in their mind, they immediately thought Herod. They did not think their savior. <coughs> so I ask you, are you living with expectation in, in your heart of who Jesus is? And do you live going each and every day looking for opportunities that you might share him with somebody else? Knowing that there are people that don't know Jesus. That we even live in a world that's falling apart. The other day, a friend of mine, he's a fellow pastor. Um, I have a lot of friends who are pastors. and um, My heart is just, I, I think pastors need to be friends. And churches need to be friends. And we need to do things together. That's my heart. Um, another friend of mine, he's a pastor. And he just moved to Tennessee and... He shared about how he was in a hotel, um, in a hotel lobby, and the guy in front of him was Googling how to get a divorce. So my friend, he said, you having a tough time right now, huh? And that guy goes, yeah. He goes, I, I couldn't help but see what you were Googling. And the guy then goes in and shares his story about what's going on. And there might be some of you in here right now. You've Googled the exact same thing. Or you've looked up other things of what would it look like to take my life? What are things that I could do or how, how could I get out of this? And, and we, we've Googled these same things and we're struggling. This time of year brings up some of the hardest and most difficult emotions in our lives. This time of year, for so many, it brings up the worst things, not the best things. <clears throat> many kids get to live in, ob in oblivion of joy and splendor and sparkly things, but adults, <clears throat> we don't. And so, but the difference is, <clears throat> many of you in this room, you have a joy in your heart that you could share with those people if you're present in the moment. If you're present in those celebrations, if you're present with your presence, the things that you give, if you're willing to pay attention for a moment. So these guys, they walk into town, and they are excited. Have you ever been around somebody who's excited, you have no clue what they're excited about? And you're like, why are you so hyped right now? Tone it down. Have you ever been around that person? Maybe it's Jared. If you guys know Jared here at City View, it's that guy. Maybe you're like, whoa. But that's, that's how I picture the Magi. They walk into town, and they're excited to see and to finally meet this guy that their parents, grandparents, parents, and parents have been talking about for hundreds of years. This prophecy in, in, Mal, in Micah, this was over 800 years before Jesus was born. Over 800 years. So they say, have you seen him? They went on this hunt. And then all of a sudden it says in verse 3, when Herod the king heard about this, because once these guys started talking, guess what? People started talking. Because when you start talking about Jesus, he starts a buzz. 
When you start sharing the love and joy of Jesus, others start as well. Jesus is contagious. That's Jesus. Those of you who are keeping him to yourself, stop it. He's not meant to be stored in your heart. He's meant to be given away. So it says, when Herod heard about this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem was troubled. Why were they troubled? Because Herod was psycho. A little bit psycho. You know that song? He was psycho. It says in verse 4, gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, well, in Bethlehem of Judah. He's like, wait a minute, here? In my town right now. They said, yeah, for it is written that, um, for it is written, for it was, for it for this is what has been written, I can read, um, by the prophet. I've been, I've been up since 4.30. Um, I've already read multiple chapters in the Bible. I don't know why I can't read this morning. Either way, verse 6. And you, Bethlehem, lands of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod secretly called the Magi. So now he wants to meet with the Magi. He calls them. He says, hey, I, well, you guys, hey, come, come over to my house. Come over for dinner. Have you ever met with a creepy person? And you just get a total creepy vibe from them? You ever, ever been that? And you're just like, this, something's really weird about you, and I don't want to talk to you, but I'm going to talk to you for a minute, but I'm going to leave. You ever been around that person? Yeah, that's, I think that's Herod. He's like, hey, hey, come, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. You, you know that, that? I think that's Herod. So then Herod secretly calls the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them. He said, oh, hey, why don't you guys go ahead, go search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too might come and worship him. They're like, you are, you're psycho, dude. You don't want to worship him. You want to, who knows what you want to do? Eat him or something. So the city was in this buzz, and the word of someone special, the word about these men coming to town was, was going around everywhere. And once Herod heard that a king was born, all of a sudden, he had issues. Herod was an egomaniac. Herod killed his sons. He killed his family members. He killed one of his wives because he didn't trust her. I mean, this guy is crazy. You've met crazy. This guy takes crazy to a whole nother level. That's Herod. So when he hears this, he gets even crazier. Herod goes and asks them, hey, what do you guys know? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. You see, Herod didn't want to be saved. Herod didn't want a savior. Herod wanted to be their savior. Herod wanted the people to worship him. Herod wanted the people to, he wanted to be the center of their attention. He wanted everything for himself. But these magi were different. They had a purpose. It was to look for this king. They came to worship him. And all of a sudden it says then, so they left. Verse 9 says, and after hearing the king, they went on their way. And then the star which they had seen in the east went on before them. So all of a sudden the star somehow appears again. It starts moving again. We don't really know how this works. We, we don't know. We know that the people of Israel were led by a cloud in the book of Exodus. We know that. So we know God can do these kind of things. So somehow this, tar, this star stopped. And I think that it did it to get a buzz because God has a plan. And he's going to do all these things to move people from one place to another. And so God does this because he's got this big master plan. And we can only see 
a moment of it. And don't miss Christmas Eve service because I can't wait. I'm giving you a teaser. That's a teaser. God's got this big plan for your life, and he does different things to move you to different places. I'm going to keep going. So <clears throat> it says, after hearing this, the, the star which they had seen in the east <coughs> went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. was. When they saw the star, <coughs> they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming to the house, you see they're no longer in, a, in an inn. They're in a house now. They saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell to the ground and worshipped him. <coughs> and then opening their treasure, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. <clears throat> so they leave the king, and I'm sure they felt a little weird, like, this guy's not right. So they go with the plan of finding the Messiah, and then God says to them, hey, you're going to need to go a different way. And they come into this home, <clears throat> and they see him. You see, I think they expected a palace king, not a humble king. And I think some of us, we expect a giving king that answers sort of our genie kind of king instead of a humble king. And these guys, they're expecting this palace kind of king, and they walk into just a normal home. But the thing is, when you're in the presence of the king, you can't help but fall in worship. Because that's what happens. When you're before the most holy, the most awesome, the most amazing, the most full of love king, you worship. So they come and they, they fall before him. And they worship. And they saw so much in a child and such a small gift wrapped so simply in such a humble home. They walk in and they worship. And then they give their gifts, which probably felt so small. Can you imagine giving a gift to a king? I can't, I can't imagine what I would even begin to present to God. I can't imagine what I would even begin to give. And they put, they put so much thought and time into this gift, and so they present these gifts. And then they gave. They were present. With each gift, they were present with their present. How can we be present with our presence this year? What are some things that we can learn from these magi that can teach us how to be present with our own life? Here's some things that I've heard. I've, I've heard this. I don't even know where the first time I heard this, but here's some things that that I know about being present is number one, they were present with their time. They were present with their time. They traveled hundreds of miles to get to this, this place. They would have had to think, okay, guys, how long is it going to take us to get from, I don't know where they were. We really don't know exactly where they were, but we know they were hundreds of miles away. They would have had to think, okay, how long is it going to take us to get to Bethlehem? Well, that means I'm going to have to put work on hold. I'm going to have to put these things on hold to make time for the king. 
And I'm sure that there are some guys that are like, hey, guys, I don't have time for this right now. I don't have time to go and, and see this king that, that you think he's going to be in Bethlehem. I don't have time to go. And, guys, I believe you. I know he's probably born, but I've got so many things going on in my life. I don't have time for this. And I wonder how many of us say, we don't have time, God, to serve you. You know, and it's great to serve in, in community settings. It's great to do these things and to help these different organizations. But God not once says, go and help another organization. Not, nowhere in the Bible. God says, you want to know how I'm going to change the world? You want to know how I'm going to impact the world? Through the local church. That's how God is going to impact the, lo- the world. That's how God is going to change the world. That's how God's going to change people's lives is through the local church. So it's like, I don't have time on Sundays. I'm sorry, that's sad. And I wonder how many magi, when these guys went home and they said, you'll, you'll never. It was the most amazing experience ever. I wish you would have made more time. And I wonder how many of those guys went home after they heard their friends' stories and thought, I wish I would have made time. Time is one thing that you don't get back once you've lost it. And I wonder how many of you in here today, if God says, hey, what, what's your gift for me this year? Well, God, I, I got you this. I'm doing this. I served at this. Who knows what kind of place? I don't even know. Pick something where you did something nice. God's like, that, that's cool. Did, did anybody hear about me? No. Well, then what was the point? I helped people. That, that's nice. But if people don't know me at the end, or if people didn't have a chance to hear about me, then what was the point? Like, we didn't, last week when we, uh, when we showed the movie, it wasn't like, hey, have fun at the movie. If we would have just done that, it would have had no point. It would have been a waste of our money. But that wasn't. The whole point was to invite them and to share with them why we do what we do. So I ask, are you present with your time? You know, you hear about us asking for things. Some of you are like, I don't do that. I'm glad Jesus never once said, I don't do that. I don't help leprous people. I don't help the rich. I don't help the poor. I don't do that. I don't help the blind. I don't help the needy. I'm not a, I'm not a hospitable person. I don't, I don't just go and help people who are just coming to me. I don't do that. I'm glad Jesus and his disciples, because what was he teaching them? We have time for everybody. That's what he taught them. You're present with your time. That's what Jesus taught his disciples. And then what else do we see with these guys? They were present. <clears throat> oh, I have a little point there. What part of your day, what part of your week are you willing to give? So for me, like, I want to give God my time. So what I do is I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I give God my, now for me, I don't, for some of you, like morning time, your brain can't even focus to read God's word in the morning. I get that. I'm good in the morning. If you had me do that at night, forget it. My ADD is kicked in. Reading or focusing on anything other than like the office or something on the TV, like I can't. Like I focus on barely anything, okay? But I know mornings when it's quiet in my house, I've got a solid hour and a half in the morning. Two hours if my kids wake up at like 6.15. So I give God of that. You're like, okay, Jeremiah, but how do you serve? Well, one, I get here early and I help set up anything that I can. I do that. I help, and I, that's what I do. I get here at 7.30, and I've got three kids. You can say, but I've got kids. I've got three boys, and we make them wake up early to come and help. Just what we do. You're like, well, you're the pastor. I did that when I wasn't the pastor. 
I serve because that's what I want my kids to do. I want them to learn about serving and about doing what they need to do. Also, last weekend was the foster care um, Christmas party. We all served at that. My entire family. We all went and served. You make time for what is important. Number two, they were present with their talents. These guys were the wisest in the land. They had talents beyond measure. And they gave of their talents and their gifts and their thoughts and all these things. And they said, you know what? We're going to study the stars that we might know when this Messiah will come. There are many of you in here today, you have talents that are untapped. You have talents that are you, you are not using for the glory of God. What talent are you holding that God is asking you to release? What talent are you holding? Are, are you a great communicator and we don't know about it? You sit up there and maybe you criticize maybe how some of our people who are up here and, and how they speak or how they do our, our, our announcements or how they do a prayer or something like that. You're like, man, I wish I could do that. I, I love to speak in front of a crowd. I don't know that. Maybe you're a musician. You look going, but they have plenty of musicians. You ask our worship pastor, Scott, he'll say, yes, I have an opportunity for you. Now, there are certain musical instruments that we might not be able to fit. We have a limited amount of space. If you see it up here, that's what we can do. But you're going, but you have enough. No, you never have enough. You never have enough. You have enough people on your hello team. You never have enough. The thing is, so many people are just getting tired and tired because the same people are serving all the time. And that's not fair. And these guys use their talents. Maybe you're a visionary and you come and help. Maybe you're an organizer. You're an amazing organizer. You're like, I love to organize things. Let us know. Maybe you're a decorator or you're great at hosting or you're a creator or you're a great teacher or you're a writer or you're a photographer or you've got one of the most amazing smiles ever. Are you using the talents that God has given you or are you sitting on them? I'm glad these magi didn't sit on their talents and thought, you know what, look at, hey, there's the star, but that's the one that the Bible talks about. But I don't have time. And that's cool and all, but, yeah. Or maybe they looked at the star and they thought, hey, guys, there's a cool star up there. Yeah, but I know, I mean, we've studied stars, but it's significant. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, will you study the star for me? No, I don't have time. I've got, I, don't want, I want to study other things with my talents. I, I want to go and st- I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and serve the, the donkey population. But you, you, why? I don't know. I feel bad for all the homeless donkeys out there. But that star, you went to school for stars. Yeah, but, I mean, donkeys need me. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but how many of us, we do that? You have a gift and you have a talent that God could use you to impact those people around you here at this place, here, here in, this own, in our own right now movie theater. Hopefully God will give us something even more next year. Who knows what? But, but you're sitting on a talent and God says, will you just release it to me? I had no idea that I could speak on a stage. I knew I could speak in a classroom while the teacher was talking. I knew I had that gift. I knew I had that talent. I had no idea that I had a talent that could be used on a stage until somebody said, hey, Jeremiah, will you just try it? Youth group. Like 22 years ago. Or 1990-something, so however many years ago that is. I had no idea that I had a talent that could be used in that way. But can you imagine if I said, no, I don't want to do that. 
I can't. I can't imagine if I'm like, no, I'm going to go be a, no, nothing wrong with being a school teacher. That was what I wanted to do. Nothing wrong with that. But imagine if, uh, God, I knew God called me, but imagine if I said, ah, God, that sounds too hard, and they don't make any money. Well, neither do school teachers, so I guess we're in the same boat. But you see, they gave of their talent. They gave of their time. And they were present with their treasure. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These things were costly. And you know what they had to do? They had to think beforehand. They had to think beforehand, before they left home, what are we going to give? What are we going to give? And before they left home, one guy said, I'm going to give gold. Why? Because it's so precious. And the king I'm going to give to is so precious. And another king said, or another um, magi said, I'm going to give frankincense. Why? Because the oil speaks of royalty. And what better thing to give than to honor royalty? And the final guy said, I'm going to give myrrh. Why myrrh? Well, because God is always talking about this fragrant aroma of who he is in our prayers. And what better thing to give than something that says, God can hear me. They gave of their treasure. And they packed it. And the load, the load was heavier getting there. And I wonder, how many of you, before you came to church today, thought ahead of time, what am I going to give? Maybe you're new to the church, like, oh, here comes the big give and talking about money. Uh, okay, I, I will talk about money. If you don't control your treasure, your treasure controls you. That's the truth. It's going to control your heart. It's going to control your actions. It's going to control everything you do. If you don't control it, if you don't say, God, I want to honor you first with what I have. God, I don't want to honor you with everything that I have. And these guys, before they left home, they said, I'm going to plan my gift. And I'm going to give you something worthy, not leftovers. I'm not going to give you a tip. One guy, he wasn't like, well, my wife made leftovers. I'll bring him leftover meatloaf. Because like, hey, man, that's what I was going to bring him. Okay, I guess I'll bring him, my, I mean, my, I had an extra chicken, so I'll bring him an extra chicken because it's just an extra one. No. No. They gave him a gift that's worthy of him. So I ask you, when, when you gave today, and you know your finances, I don't. Some of you, for some of you, $10 that you're, and you're a college student and you're like, you know what, that's what I can give. That is like, that's, that's, that's gold. Thank you. For some of you, you gave $150 today. But to you, that was a chicken that was left over. And God says, he's not going to say, really, that's it? Because we have a loving God who cares about us. He's never going to be critical, judgmental. He's not going to say, really, like, come on. He's never going to do that. You're the one that missed out. You're the one that missed out. You see, the tithe, when we give tithes, it's, the Bible talks about giving 10%. A friend of mine told me today, he goes, 
But to my tithe, the 10%, it's not the finish line, it's the starting point. It's, 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 it's where we want it, to, it's just the starting point. Okay, I'm going to give 10%. My wife and I, our, our hope is to continue to raise that a percent or more every year, as often as we can, to raise that, that we might continue to outgive. This morning I was adding up how much we, are, we will have given this year, and I, I just... I was excited to be totally honest with you. I'm like, okay, if I give this much more, I'm going to reach this amount. So I might give a little more so I can reach this amount this year. I'm not, I don't know if it's a competition within myself or what, but I just thought that would be amazing. So I ask you, are you present with your treasure? Is your treasure holding you or are you holding it? So these men, they come. And they're there before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who at this time is just a baby. And they present him with their time, with their talent, and their treasure. And I ask you, will you be present with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure? Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.